right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lefko and Chris Sims. Episode 46 of the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Uh... I'm just going to say, you said Alfred Morris yeah. before. I'll give you credit. It's a tough one. I got nothing else. I know. I, our uh, Gabe Dirty Stinky Fingers over here, he said Andy Pettit. Let's that see was the a good one. Let's see him. Throw him out there. Oh, uh, there good they to are. be back. I don't know. Oh, you're right. Cam did. It was Cam. Yeah. Hey, you were right. saying Dwayne Harris or something. You got one uh, for us, Josh? No good Rutgers players in war number 46. So who, look up out. the guy who the 46 defense was named after in Chicago, okay. if you can. I they'll can they'll it. say it because that's what it, it's a number 46. I can't remember his name. Not going to lie. I kind of like the, uh, the stinky fingers from last week a little bit better. Oh, I know. Because uh, they weren't well, that stinky. Well, last week Amelia. we had... We had Amelia, you're right. Yeah, better fingers. Yeah. All right, let's see the control room. Everyone back there looking all beautiful and nice. Uh, hello. I like George's shirt. A little Kansas City Oh, Chief you got the Kansas City Chiefs. Steinmetz, I Hi, see Bravo. you back there. All right. Uh, this is this is a loaded show. Yeah. This is one of those weeks where I kind of wish we had more than one podcast. We have, obviously, Black Monday that happened. We still have some jobs that I feel like could open up. Yeah. Sean Payton, New Orleans. We're going to dive into coaches. We're going to have Jason Cole on to kind of break down the news that he's been hearing all week, and it's some really interesting nuggets from Nick Saban to trading Tannehill, some interesting discussions. Cool. And then we're going to have an extended pick-slash-breakdown segment for the four wildcard games. We're going to go through the picks. We're going to discuss the games, predict all the playoff games, and continue our pick segment from the regular season because I wonder who won that. <laughs> but, but I'm curious. What did you end up with your lead uh, pick segment? He ended we'll, up two, we'll talk two up. up. We'll talk about it. I just was wondering. It. We'll yeah, cover we'll all that later. Yeah, we'll, right. we'll do all that later. Uh, I'm curious, though. I always see people on Twitter, and me and Fendrick actually got into a disc- an argument somewhat about this, where he was like, I really want to talk about humanizing the coaches. And I feel like if you're on Twitter all the time, you always see, hey, guys, don't forget, there's assistant coaches yeah, and right. stuff that are all- But I'm curious. You yeah. have friends that are coaching yes. right now. Some teams where a head coach has been fired. I know you got guys in San Francisco. Right. What is this like? Are people like are people like calling? Because when I lose my job, I'm going to call my contacts. Right. Like, do you just is what do you do? Yeah, it, it's a unknown world for coaches when their head coach gets fired. The last few weeks of the season are troubling, dysfunctional. You're thinking about you're it. thinking about it. It's hard to approach your job when you go where Where am I going to be in two months from now? How is this all going to shake down? Uh, first thing I'll say is I'm, I'm I never feel as sorry for my friends who are single that are coaching. When they don't have a family to worry about, right? I feel like it's a lot less stressful decision. Now, my friends that are married, anywhere. you can move anywhere. You yeah. don't have the wife on your, you know, shoulder giving her, you know, concerns. I want to live things. in New York, right? right whatever right. it may be. Uh, and then, yes, I mean, some of my coaching friends that do have families. That's the ones I see it being are really tough on. Are coaches that are on staffs that are not fired, are they trying to jump staffs right now too? Uh, maybe. Is there a lot of coaching activity no, right now? No, there really isn't. I think most, co- you know, for the most part, other than, yeah, maybe an offensive, co- you know, somebody as a quarterback's coach maybe wants to get an offensive coordinator job with one of the job openings, something like that. Right. Certainly some politicking going on for that. But for the most part throughout the NFL, most coaches are just like, Oh, I'm glad I know I'm going to be here next year, and I don't have to worry about it. I can just focus on our team. Last question for you. When you watch stuff on TV and you see all these news reports come out, how much of this is real news? How much of this is agents from your perspective, like news on purpose? Yeah, I I do think you got to be careful. I I will only listen to a few people as far as what their news is, and and then I feel comfortable that it's credible information Mm. that I'm getting. So uh, I I am a little skeptical of some sources I hear, whatever else. You know that I know a lot of people in teams, front offices. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I think – Really, what you're hearing right now, though, I think is pretty true to form. Sure. What you're, you're, the names you're hearing out there are legitimate candidates. I would say we came into this whole coaching fire uh, situation with about 10 or 11 jobs that could have been new jobs. Yes, right. There's the six that are open right now. Right. Miami, Tennessee, Philly, Cleveland, New York Giants, San Francisco. Right. We're still waiting on New Orleans yes, with, right. with Sean Payton. Right. We thought Indianapolis was going to be one. That didn't. We're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah, right. Detroit and Jim Caldwell was one. Yeah. San Diego with Mike McCoy was sure. one that we thought possibilities. Right. Um, and then there was always the maybes, the St. Louis, but I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I want to get to a few of these situations. First being the Colts. Right. I am shell-shocked. Yeah. Shocked. Not right. that Pagano wasn't fired because right. I think we knew when he was gone – 
there was going to be someone pushed up right away right. that he was going to get a job. Right. But that him and Grigson back, now apparently it has come out that he wanted to hire Sean Payton, didn't work out. Right. But are you shocked that Pagano and Grigson are back, and how do they exist again? Well, I've heard that, you know, yeah, we heard the Sean Payton rumors. I'm sure Ursay tried to court Sean Payton. I've heard he also tried to court other coaches around football as well. How does that make Pagano feel? Uh, I know. Well, listen, that's just the price of doing business sure, in the sure. NFL. So you can get over those things pretty quick. are you shocked they're both back? I am shocked because I, don't, I think it's pretty common knowledge. And even Chuck Pagano kind of said it in the press conference last night. Like, him and Ryan Grigson don't see eye to eye on yeah. some of this stuff. Uh, but I think they realize, listen, uh, they've had success there. I mean, they've had, what, three 11-win seasons, mm. and then this year they went 8-8. Like eight eight. 44 wins in four years. Right. So the, there is some impressive stuff there. They have done some good things. Are Grigson and Pagano on the same page? Obviously not. But maybe they've made an agreement where they got all in the room together and they're going to try to work on their working relationship. I was certainly shocked. Don't get me wrong. Do you think it's a good move? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I do. I mm. don't think it's a bad move. The one thing I want to see. Is it good for Andrew Luck? Uh, I, yes, I do. Because, first of all, I like Rob Chazinski as the offensive coordinator. So I think he's creative. The, the I like together. that. The other, this is the things I'd like to see change there. Ryan Grigson needs to have more dialogue with Chuck Pagano, especially on defensive personnel. I right. mean, how many years are we going to talk about the Colts and no good front yes. seven players? Yes. So that has to be talked about. And then my second thing of advice would be to Chuck Pagano. You got the job because you're a defensive coordinator in Baltimore. Coach defense. Coach the defense. Yeah. I, know, I know they got uh, Greg Minuski there as a D coordinator, but he might have to start interjecting in there a little bit and become part of the game. I'm planning. looking at, like, I'm switching apartments yeah. now. This situation reminds me of, like, three roommates that, like, do not like living with each other. Right. But they got around to, like, talking about a new apartment too late. And they're like, well, let's just sign a lease together for an extra year. We'll kind of figure this thing out. <laughs> they're both reasonable people, Pagano and Grigson. I think if okay. you met them, you'd go. Grigson has been painted someone as a Neanderthalic figure that's like, this is my way. Right. And, you know, listen, I don't know this day-to-day actions, but just the two times I've gotten to talk to Ryan Grigson, he's a good guy. He'd sit here and have yeah. normal talk yeah. with us. Same with Chuck Pagano. I think, you know, I look back at, like, situations where, like, Mike Dicka and Buddy Ryan, you mm. know, they retire and 10 years go by and they go, man, you know, maybe we shouldn't have disliked each other so much. We right. actually had we only won a Super things. Bowl with each other. So maybe they've come to that point. We're going to get to a few other situations, but before we do, because these are now all open jobs, I asked you to kind of sit down and come up with the Chris Sims top 10 coaching candidates that if you were a GM, yeah. you would want to call. Right. I'm going to read them out. All right, go and ahead. I'm going to stop on the ones that I find yeah. interesting. Starting from 10 and working to 1. Okay. Your number 10 is David Shaw. Yeah, which I think you were surprised I by. I am so surprised. Yeah. I thought you were anti-Shaw. Uh, I, I'm going to have to see it to believe it for it to work. But, but there are some things. There's, there's things that I do like about David Shaw. Uh, first of all, his teams always seem to play tough. They're sound football teams. He obviously knows how to organize a program. So I do think he has head coaching qualities. Gotcha. Now, do I think his offense translates to the NFL? No, he's going to have to be – I think he's a smart enough guy to hire, hire the proper people. coordinators. All right, right, let me get through the, the 10 through 6. Number 9 is Hugh Jackson. Right. Number 8 is Doug Marone. Right. Number 7 is Terrell Austin. And number 6 is Adam Gase. Yes. Who many people believe is the number 1. So right. I want to talk about him. Adam Gase. Yes. Is the golden boy. Right. Boy, is he racking up frequent flyer miles right now going right. around the country. Right. Are you sold that he is a guaranteed good head coach? Uh, no, I'm not sold on that yet. And I've worked with Adam Gase uh, Where? in Denver. I was, uh, you know, one of the backup quarterbacks. He was a wide receiver coach at the time on that Josh McDaniel staff. I think he's a phenomenal coach. Am I sold that he is going to be a slam dunk successful head coach? No, I'm not sure of that yet. I do think he's still young. He's only been an offensive coordinator for three years now. Uh, so I think there are those concerns. Now, do I doubt his offensive mind and his strategic right. creativity, all those things? No, I don't doubt that. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's been the really benefit of like things we talk about all the time is like low expectations. He oh. went to a, the perfect place. He went to a place where everybody went, man, Jay Cutler stinks. He can't make that work. The offense isn't going to be any good. Hmm. And, yes, like you said, he's the lead candidate. What's their offense ranked in football? I think while he looks like it up, 20th. while he looks it up, while you were saying that, I thought funny. of this. I was going to say that he worked with Jay Cutler. You don't got to do anything with Peyton Manning when he threw for 50 touchdowns. Right. That wasn't Adam Gase. Right. And I will say this: Jay Cutler is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes. Maybe Jay Cutler got Jay Cutler better because I'll tell you what: I don't think Jay Cutler was smoking. Uh, right? That's kind of a big deal. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what he was but doing. But I would also say this. Right. What were we talking about a lot in the beginning of Chicago? 
21st ranked offense. Yeah. 21st ranked offense. Right. The other thing was, wow, why do they keep throwing the ball in the red zone? Why are they not running it with Matt Forte? Sure. Now, but I think because they had injuries to Alshon Jeffrey, Eddie right. Royal, Martellus Bennett, right. he was propped up. But he is definitely – he has a great track record. And if you're good with quarterbacks, yes. you're good on a team that has a quarterback. Right. You're good on a team that doesn't have a quarterback. Right. And overall, it kind of works out. Yeah, like and, and, and listen, I, I'm just – I'm set, he's a phenomenal coach. Right. I'm not sold that he's a slam dunk awesome uh, head coach yet. But he's certainly yes. on the right track. And he certainly deserves a lot of credit for what he's done with Jake All right, Collier. let me do five and four. At number five, Josh McDaniels, yes. who I thought you'd have higher. Right. And number four, Tom Coughlin. Right. So you're fine with Coughlin. I know you believe in him as an energy guy. Totally. I don't. I only have him at number four. I'd really have him higher. I just think he's only going to go to a place that would be like the most slam dunk, oh, this, I can't turn this you down You did an amazing Tom Coughlin impersonation earlier, and I, what is it like when Tom Coughlin's getting ready to go to bed? Oh, oh, you like that. Yeah, so Tom's a hilarious guy. He's Army. He's West Point. So his whole life is regimented, not just practice, but he's literally the type of guy that goes, I'm going to lay in bed. I'm going to read the book for 20 minutes, 20, and then I'm going to roll over and go to sleep. I'm going to wake up at 4.37 in the morning, work out for <laughs> 37 minutes, <laughs> take a shower, and get dressed in eight minutes, and yeah. then that's literally how he lives his life. Oh, and right. So I, I, I agree. <laughs> I think it's very interesting what kind of franchise would hire Tom Coughlin. Right. Do you, does a franchise that's on the cusp of being successful? Do yeah, it? I think it's a yes. Because exactly. I don't think he's going to a rebuild. No, definitely not. But those not. are the ones that would need his discipline the most. No, you're exa- you're you're right. But I don't think he's going to be one to deal with that yeah. challenge. He wants uh, to go to somewhere where. He just has to install some of his attention to detail and his work ethic. You were, were you surprised McDaniels was higher than Gase? Uh, no, because okay. I know you're. I, I have McDaniels higher than Gase in mind. Okay. My curiosity for you is right. having been on a team with Josh McDaniels right. and been in the Patriots organization right. and knowing how that works. Right. How sure are you that he's learned from his past, and how sure are you that he will be the Belichick clone that some people say he well, is? Well, I'm more sure of him than Adam Gase. Now, are there questions there? Certainly still, but I think – the one thing about Josh, people got to realize the Denver situation was dysfunctional. The Jay Explain Cutler, that. well, the Jay Cutler situation blew up in his face basically because Jay got Jay got word that maybe we're he, him he, now. We're calling him now. I hear the phone ringing. Okay, well, he was trying to get it. He was trying to get Matt Castle. That whole situation got blown up, and also I don't think people realize Denver Broncos at that point. You know, Josh McDaniels was he was he was promised he was going to be able to send a, spend a certain amount of money on free agency and things like right. that. And I think there was other things that went on where the Broncos... There wasn't the money for they, that. The money was not there for that at the time. And some of the things that he was promised to be able to do as a head coach, he was not able to do. He's phenomenal. He's Bill Belichick Jr. I think he has learned from his mistakes. He just has to, he probably needs to hire a GM. Last time he took full control, it was too much for him as a first-time head coach. All right, so we're up to the top three now. Ten through four again. Ten, David Shaw. Nine, Hugh Jackson. Eight, Doug Marone. Seven, Terrell Austin. Six, Adam Gase. Five, Josh McDaniels. Four, Tom Coughlin. Three, Chip Kelly. Yes. Two, Mike Shanahan. Yes. And one, Sean Payton. Right. As you can Chip tell, my Kelly. top guys are people that have done it and proven it. That's gotcha. the first thing. Gotcha. Talk through Chip Kelly Yeah, for well, me. I think Chip Kelly, listen, I, is, am I thrilled with his moves? I thought the moves were great before the year. They're not great, uh, obviously. They did not work out the right way. But how can you argue with some of the things Chip Kelly's done through his career? I mean, Oregon is not Oregon if it's not for Chip Kelly. I mean, we don't yeah, care about Oregon. Ta- I just watched what happened okay. in Well, okay. But then he's gone 10-6, and 10-6. And, and this year, as bad as it was, I mean, they were this close still from being into the playoffs. Okay. Um, so and I, give me I the Mike have, Shanahan, because not many people are talking about Mike Shanahan at all. Yeah, I, I think the Mike Shanahan thing is I'm so sick of hearing the argument, well, how many Super Bowls has he won since John Elway? Well, yeah, how many Super Bowls did Chuck Noll win without Terry Bradshaw? How many, Super, uh, how many championships did Michael Jordan you know, win with, without Phil Jackson? So that's such a bad – Bill Walsh never won a Super Bowl without Joe Montana. So I think the big thing is – when, when I look at that Mike Shanahan situation, um, first of all, I think people are re- relax. It's, they'll figure it out. Relax. It's, a, it's, it's Skype in their ear. The big thing with Mike Shanahan is what? He's been vindicated because now we all see RG3 was an issue. Yes. It wasn't Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan's fault. Oh, Kirk is, Cousins is good, huh? Let me, let me ask you this question about Mike Shanahan. And well, this is the last point. But what is a team under Mike Shanahan? Right. What is his philosophy? Because people, I feel like, now look at the – 
they they paint Mike Shanahan as this older guy with a red face right. that left on a quarterback's terms, right. and he's a '90s guy. Yeah. And he doesn't get along with yeah, kids. Right. What is the Mike Shanahan that you think a team would get now? Well, I mean, he had the number one offense in football Jay Cutler's rookie year. I mean, his eye is he's one of the really the only. First of all, I got to say this: they lost thirty nine million dollars in cap space in Washington. And right. he got forced to play a quarterback in RG3 that he didn't want. So those are two huge things. $38 million in cap yeah. space, that's five starters on your team. Yeah. Right? So that's huge. That's a big blow. Uh, what does he bring to the table? It's a tenth a, of your team. Well, he's, yeah, exactly. He's an exceptional offensive mind. You know they're going to run the football. Gary Kubiak, Kyle, who do you think they right. run that run game from? That's Mike. Mike can do that. He has creativity in the pass game better than a lot of the normal West mm. Coast guys. And then... He is one of the few coaches in football. I would say Bill Belichick and Mike Shanahan are the only two people I know that can go offense, defense, defense, offense. They can do both. Really? And that's a very rare thing. And I think if you look at a lot of his personnel moves in Washington, they're pretty top-notch. And I think people got to look at the facts of the situation. Last thing before we get to Cole, yeah. I just want you to go through Sean Payton. Is he your clear-cut number one? I think Sean Payton is clear-cut like number one. Like away? Yeah, well, is he's, there anything you're worried about? There's really not. I, you know, I think the only thing you can worry about with Sean Payton is like everyone his says off he, the field issues. That everyone says, oh, he can't find a defensive guy. Yeah, I, I don't think that'll be an issue. I, just, I think people don't realize right. the salary cap issues in New Orleans right. and how that hamstrung them for the personnel of the defense. Yes, exactly right. He's in the prime of his career. They're a, phenom- a phenomenally coached football team. And really, for the last two years, they've been the lesser team on the field in almost every game they've played in. Mm. But yet they play tough. They're competitive. He is, without a doubt, one of the most creative offensive minds in football. Uh, yeah, so I'm a big fan of Sean Payton. I think, I think really Sean Payton, Doug Marone are two wild cards in this whole thing. What do you mean? Because Sean Payton is a guy that the trade has to work out. I think there's a lot of teams that are calling yes. to inquire and they want to see what happens there. Is they he can worth let a second-round pick in your I mind? do think he's worth a second-round pick, yes, definitely. I think that's kind of a steal. Right, I agree. And then I also look at it, you know, I mean, John Gruden was a first-round pick. I think Sean Payton's every he bit of a good coach. first-round pick. Right. And then I, I, the other thing uh, with Marone. Doug Marone, I think Doug Marone's very respected in the coaching community. Uh, you know, he's from the Bill Parcells coaching tree. I think he's a little bit better football coach than people realize. Yeah, I think it's funny. Doug Marone gets painted as another dumb uh, like big guy. Yeah, that that's know not what he's it. Talking no, about. exactly. Uh, not. Let's go to our guy, Jason Cole, NFL insider here at Bleacher Report, who I think has been having a fantastic week in terms of breaking some news. And, and I want to talk to him a bunch about it. Jay Cole with the quarter zip. Are you imitating Fendrick style these days? I am. Exactly. I'm glad it's running I, this, off. This, I'm getting ready for coming. I'm coming up for the next two days. Oh, dude, we're I'll going out to eat on I'm Thursday. I'm going on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat a lot of greasy food with you. I'm very you excited. Um, first thing that I kind of want to ask you about is one name that you brought up earlier in the week that I can't believe it happened again. John Gruden, to me, has probably one of the best jobs there is. I feel like his name always comes up because he's trying to raise his own salary at his current (laughs) job. And I'm always thinking, is this even a real possibility? Do you think John Gruden will ever coach again, or is this kind of like nonsense? I think that he has it in his heart and his mind that he wants to. He wants to be out on the field. He's sort of like that general who wants to get out and fight still. But then he comes back to exactly what you're talking about, which is, wow, I make a lot of money to talk about football And not get criticized at all. Right, and that's actually a good life. Why don't I stick with that? But no, he was was nosing around about, you know, the Indianapolis job, kind of trying to figure it out, see if he could get in on Andrew Luck, because that's as good a situation as you can possibly have. Uh, you have always been tied in really well with the Miami situation, and you had uh, one story this week that was Dolphins willing to part with Tannehill, new head coach will decide fate. You know a lot of guys in that front office. What does the front office think about Ryan Tannehill? What do you get as their, their feeling towards him? Uh, I get the uncomfortable feeling that they're betwixt and between. They have a guy who's a really good athlete, looks good at times, has just enough to keep you interested but not enough to get you over the top. I think that Tannehill's the kind of guy who, in their minds at least, you could construct a really great team around, put a lot of really great parts, and you could maybe win one Super Bowl, which is great. That's that's a great payoff. Sounds good to me, yeah. There are a lot of quarterbacks who'd make that trade, but everything kind of has to be perfect. And 
I think there's going to have to be a decline among the other quarterbacks to bring him up. It's sort of, he's probably a better version of a Brad Johnson. He's more mobile than that, mm. a little more accurate, look, but not really a pure thrower. Well, let me I, ask you this, because, yeah. look, we have Mark Cohen in our office, the big video guy, says, man, they have no offensive lines getting sacked all the time. Yeah. What, what, if Miami called you, what would you say about Tannehill? I, I would say, tell me another option that's better than Ryan Tannehill out there, and then maybe I'll talk about it. But for right now, he is the best option. He's played really good football the last year and a half. I think – Listen, they're not a very talented offense. They haven't mm-hmm. had weapons galore around yeah. them. And I would say they were a little bit in the more predictable Chip Kelly category mm. offense that was a big issue as well. So I, I do, I'm do. i one that believes in Ryan Tannehill. You know that. I think if they got a good offensive coordinator talent around there, you yeah. can win football games. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I, th- I think so. Like, to me, the guy who's the perfect one, and you guys were talking about it just a minute ago, is Mike Shanahan. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the most perfect fit for Ryan Tannehill. Why but do you guys say that? Me- He'll get out the best. They'll, he'll, they'll create a running game that'll take advantage of his movement skills. Right. Get him going downhill. That will also set him up for some play action stuff, which just simplifies the thro- the passing game for him. Gets him in, you know, more positive coverage situations. That's what he needs. Because again, he's not. He's want. Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. He's not natural at it. Like he doesn't drop back and you just see him go through progressions like this. Right. And he sees things automatically. It's a little bit more mechanical in the passing game. What, you, get what Cole is saying right Agreed. now is what I call draft right. perspective. Right. And what I mean by that is we like to focus on the, with the really good guys, what they can't do, right. and the, the not-so-guys, what they can do. And what you guys were saying just now about Mike Shanahan yeah. and that offense, working with Tannehill, right. why even worry about the other stuff when you can get a guy that gets the best out of somebody? I, I agree. We I think it's lot, the most natural fit. i got a few more questions you know I always say about Ryan Tannehill? He was a great athlete who was playing quarterback. Now yep. I think he's very close to becoming a quarterback who's a great athlete. I think he's close to that. I cannot close. let you Three go, minutes. Cole. Yep. This situation right now with the Browns is something unlike anything I have ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. It starts off with you <laughs> saying Jason that coaches, <laughs> GMs, don't want to work for Browns owner Jimmy Haslam. Then he, then he promotes a lawyer, Sashi Brown, to the executive VP of football it's ops. Not, well, well, wait, you, you got a little bit of a cart before the horse thing. Okay. Because it's not, it's not that they don't want to work for Jimmy Haslam. I think Jimmy Haslam's a good guy. He's trying all yes, those things. Right. But he's trying to reinvent the wheel. Instead of... You were owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers for a little while, Jimmy. I mean, part owner, granted. It's a really simple thing. You have a general manager, you have a coach, and you kind of sit over the top of the two of them and you break the ties. Right. And you make the big decisions when they come to you and say, look, we don't know how we want to go with this. All right. That's what the owner should do in that situation. Don't bring a lawyer who's never been in football to be in charge of the roster, to then hire Paul D. Podesta today <laughs> to do analytics that's going to second-guess the general manager and then going to create this competition where the coach answers to the owner, but the general manager answers to the lawyer, and then the inherent competition that goes on between personnel and coaching, which is long-term short thinking versus short-term <sighs> thinking, that creates a competition. It's a mess. Does Haslam have anyone advising him? Uh, <laughs> no, because he's, he's talked to Ron. He's, I think he, he's one of these guys who talks to a lot of people but doesn't listen to any of them. Right. That, the thing is, I feel so bad for Browns <laughs> fans. You can fire the GM. You could fire the head coach. You're kind of stuck with an owner. Yes, you are. But eventually, look, I, I think the one good thing with this is eventually people like Haslam, who have good intention, as I think he really does have good intentions, eventually those people figure it out. But it's just a really painful learning process, and this is another painful pro- step in that process. Jeez. All right, I just I want to ask two questions. First of all, just through all this stuff, how many times have you heard Jim Harbaugh's name thrown out there? And then I just want to hear your gut on the Giants and what do you think goes on there? Uh, I heard Jim Harbaugh's name like a month and a half ago, a lot. Right. And then I think he completely, you know, and even up to two weeks ago, right. his name came up. And then it was, look, he's not going to be in Michigan for one year. He might be there for three or four right. and leave. But not. it's not going to... He's not going to pull up his skirt like that and, and just take off. Yeah. Uh, me, and, me and Sims yesterday gonna... were saying it's a three or four for Hallball, and then he's back. <laughs> he operates in three to four-year windows. And then what was your gut on the New York job, uh, Jason? Best job out there. I mean, especially now that Indianapolis is fi- filled. 
Right. Um, have an owner that you, he's very logical guy, you know, who calls the shots, John Merrin, another owner who really, like, he shows up for games and he's happy to be part owner of the Giants. Right. So you're not going to get any interference from those guys except when they have to make big decisions. Right. Okay. You're going to have a personnel department. We can all question Jerry Reese and whether he's done a good job or not. But you know that they're going to have their place. The coaches are going to have their place. And it's set up on a very consistent basis. He's not going to try and reinvent the wheel. I think you look at four teams, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, the Giants, and Baltimore. Right. You look at those four teams, and they're all constructed pretty much the same way. Pres I mean, an owner who's around, a general manager, or a coach. Yes. And there might be a president, but the president doesn't have anything to do with football. Right. You had uh, one story that Chip Kelly might have to beg for a job. NFL owners not impressed. What is the perception of Chip Kelly right now from owners? Uh, biggest problem is he doesn't know how to get guys to play for him and that he lost the locker room because he's out of touch with the players, which works okay at the college level because you flush players in and out so fast you don't have to worry about them. But at the pro level, you got to get guys to buy in. And these are men, and you have to treat them like men. And I think he's so focused on just the X's and O's that he loses sight of this. There's a management process. Mm. Even Belichick, as impersonal as Belichick can be, he does have a relationship with the players. Yes, exactly. It, it, he Guys do buy in and believe in him, and he will joke around with them. Right. He'll get them on, on page with him. It, it's a little different. It's not... It's not real warm and fuzzy, yeah. but it's a relationship. Well, can I ask one more? Just last question Please, I want to yeah. ask. Just the, the Tennessee Titans, you know, that's a job I look at. You know, you said the Giants is a top job. I'd be pumped if I'm a coach to be the Titans job, but I know there's the concerns about ownership. I mean, is that is that are you hearing the same things as just far as the question marks there? That's the biggest one. And and look, all the other things are really in pretty good order. Um, you've got the quarterback, yeah. at least you got a candidate. Right. Right. Who looks like he's he's he has the it factor, the yes. athleticism and the work ethic. Okay, right. You have some pretty decent parts outside of him. Not great. You have a lot of cap money. Um, you have a good place to draw coaches. It's, you know, low cost of living, all those kinds of things that are good. But you look at it and you say, who am I working for and for how long? Right. And is there going to be infighting within this family? Right now, it's a one-third, one-third, one-third split among the Bud Adams heirs. Right. His daughter, um, Amy, being in charge right now, the quote-unquote controlling owner. But the NFL is not into this management structure. It doesn't fit what they want. So you got some infighting with the league itself. And then and this happened, and this happened with the Steelers, with all the Roonies, as you know, the, the family got bigger and bigger, and everybody kind of wanted a slice of the money, is... Are some of the, you know, all of Bud's family, are they going to come back and say, I want my cash now, mm. you know, how are we going to do this? Right. So it's the stability of the owners. Yes. All right. Well, one last yeah. thing for you, Jason. Uh, his name comes up every year. I got into an argument outside with Editor-in-Chief Joe Yanarella. You uh, did? Yeah, just you a little did? bit. You're talking about Nick Saban. Oh, wait, 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 Lufka, you've gotten into an argument with somebody? Oh, it's, yeah, I know. It's uh, very rare. Very shocker. Rare. Uh, but Nick Saban is a name that everyone is either going, he's never going to the NFL, he's the king of the castle in Alabama, and then there's the rest of us that I think go, he is an ego-based human being that loves the challenge and didn't fulfill that in the NFL. One, if someone were to come and drop money, everyone's saying, oh, he's making $8 million. Well, if a, if a team offered him 12 or $14 million to coach in the NFL, do you see it happening? Will it happen? What, what do you think the situation has to be to get him to the well, NFL? Well, I mean, every, look, I think everybody has their price. I don't think anybody's going to do 12 or 14. They might go to 9 or 10 mm -hmm. or something like that and see if they can get him out of there. There's a lot of things you hear about Saban, whether he really actually has full control at Alabama or not. Um, there's you know, a lot of talk about other people who come in there and try and control the situation, who annoy Nick. But I talked to one source who's really close to Nick uh, over the weekend. He said, look, he's in his 60s now, and as much as he chased those challenges and wanted the ego gratification that went with that and probably still has, you know, something stuck in his craw about the NFL, he's past it at this point in time. Interesting. And so they think that he's not going to do it. I'll believe it when I see it, but I'm just telling you that that's what this person said. And he knows is there still a thirst for Nick Saban? Are NFL teams still going? You know what? We got to try. We got to uh, make a phone call. 
Oh, yeah, John. I'm sure John Mara has tried to check it out with the Giants because John Mara loves Nick Saban. Right. He, he thinks Nick Saban is great. And Nick Saban is a great coach. I'm not sure if he's a great NFL coach, but he's a great coach. Right. Awesome. Cole, you're the man, dude. Keep killing it. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks a lot, man. Be good. See you guys the next couple of days. Be good, Jay Cole. All right. See you, Sam. See you, dude. Jay Cole. Jay Cole. This, he is very valuable this time of the yeah. year. Yeah. The Tennessee situation, I think, is funny just because, you know, the next. The next boss in Tennessee is going to be Peyton Manning. I mean, that's just just that's, GM wise. Yeah, he's going to be part of the next ownership group. I think ownership group. You're going to see Peyton Manning in a very similar role to what John Elway does in Denver. That's really kind of been the see, back the thing, channel though, talk. The thing to me that's crazy is no one talks about John Elway going to the Arena Football League and running a franchise for a number of years. Sure. I know it's not the NFL. Right. But if you're not sitting behind a desk, like here's a great chance to do this conversation, Fendrick. You didn't have emails in the NFL. Yeah, right. Right? Well, I did in the NFL. That's when I got it. Like so, yeah, but, but you're not like, hey, we got a meeting at 2. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's written on whiteboards around. Right. If you're not used to, like, being in an office and handling things, like, I'm sure Peyton could do all those things. Yeah. But L.A. was, like, in a, a testing ground to learn how to do that stuff in a safer level. Yeah. I didn't – you did not mm, – yours is a little bit tough. But, like, rookies, like, they, they bring in rookies and they throw you into the fourth preseason game. And because th- those don't get a lot of television back in those days. Right. It's not against tough competition. I had to go to Nebraska because you have to, like, whatever. John Elway got to learn the mistakes in the arena football league. Yeah. If Peyton's going to go right to the NFL, that's a little scary to me. Yeah, well, I know it's Peyton Manning, yeah, but. Yeah, I, he, he certainly thinks he knows and has all those answers. And I think there's a, uh, no, I, I think he could perfectly handle it. Uh, he's, a, he's one of the few guys that, yeah, maybe you don't want to make him the guy that's in full control right away, but he probably will be that type of guy. Wow. Uh, I know. Um, but. You know, Ozzie Newsome, ex-players, I know he came up the, the ranks yeah. within the organization. But Peyton's a special, that's a special situation. Last thing before we get to our MVP. Yeah. Sean Payton's your number one guy. New York is the number one job. Yeah. Does it seem like a perfect fit? Yeah, I think the Giants will certainly be calling about Sean Payton. He's been here before. He's the Giants type of guy. They know he can handle the media scrutiny yeah. and the New York media, all that stuff. And, you know, too, with Sean Payton, you get Sean Payton, you don't have to change the offensive terminology. It's the same terminology Ben McAdoo's running. He can probably keep Ben McAdoo on staff and make the transition seamless. He'll call the plays, but he can maybe give McAdoo the offensive coordinator yeah, duty. He's a little so. bit more advanced, I feel like, than McAdoo. Without a doubt, yes, right. Uh, speaking of advanced, uh, let's bring in a beautiful little human being with a wonderful shirt. I haven't seen this shirt in a while. Yeah, I know. It was one of the staples. This is what earned me the moniker, same shirt guy on the internet. Yeah, so for people that don't realize, you had... People you have really one, calling you? You know, he had not? one video where he wore this shirt, and in the comment section... It, it, it said, uh, it, and you were included, it was Chris never played a meaningful down in the NFL Sims, and same shirt guy need right, to go. Right, I played in the wildcard playoff, so tell that person to the, shut listen, the F up. It, it, you person how about that, that? there's my cuss that was a good cuss yeah, i'm glad i got that out of you uh so jay J. cole have you worked with jay cole this week at all have not you know why because his 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 insight is so hot that you couldn't Ooh. handle it super super hot inside so hot, hot. Takes one two touch the hiney um speaking of hot heinies man your tush is en fuego because why? Let me see. Because Steven <laughs> Nelson was recently named a 30 <laughs> under 30. Yes. Take Wait a, a look second. at the screen. What are you doing? Scrolling look at that. down that Steph Curry. Damn, you're on the same page as Steph Curry. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Scroll up. Ste- not Steph Curry. Not Cam Newton. Not Damian Lillard. Holy moly. Man. It's Steven Nelson. You're oh in the middle gosh. of Damian Lillard and Cam Newton. No. What are you, look at <laughs> that. And, wow. and look at this. Steven Nelson introducing sweats. Oh, that's on that. Oh, I thought you were doing an advertisement um, for sweats. That's the next on tap for me is sweats fantastic. Well-deserved, 30 under 30. Who made this call? You guys are wasting cool. valuable I think this podcast. Is a, this is a team unit. Cam, I think, put together a video. Fendrick enforced it. Gabe is doing a lot of camera framing so you can look so pretty. Do you have an acceptance speech? Because I'm sure people are walking around the <laughs> office hitting you. Were, did they rank him? Was he ranked? I think it was alphabetical. No, that, oh. yeah, I think it was alphabetical. Okay. And the, yeah, the number was his age. You edged out Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> No, uh, I'll say the same thing I've been telling. It makes zero sense. Uh, Forbes is losing a lot of integrity by having me uh, on that list for sure. You deserve Uh, it. They needed to satisfy, I think, a a, a diversity quota uh, in the. Oh, you think that's what it was? They needed a little. Let me get a small Asian guy with some gray hair. That's exactly what they needed. See, best way everybody. Yeah, the hair is not 
it's definitely not under 30 years old. I was going to say, as the seed. No, I know. It, it, this, this, this. We're proud of you, buddy. Mob, thank you. It's We're very all. Proud of you. It's, like I said, it's a whole team. It's cool, man. You know, it's, I think it's whatever, everything that Bleacher Report is doing. It's We're all, doing some cool shit. You're definitely yeah. part of it, my man. Well, yeah, we love it's it. A very sm a small Asian part of it, yes. God. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys ready to go down low with me? Oh, Take my gosh. Low. Together? So ready. Take so ready. Down. The first down low of the new year. DJ Steinmetz is already. We celebrate the new year. We do not celebrate the ratings of the New Year's Six Bowl game. Oh, that is for sure. Right. A year, just one year after setting records on New Year's Day, the committee moved it to New Year's Eve and right. the ratings plummeted. Right. 15 plus a year ago, below 10 this year. Wow. My question for you two is, while Bill Hancock says it was just a modest drop, he is the executive director of yeah, the college football player. third. Playoffs. Yeah, a modest drop because of the games not being competitive. Right. Your thoughts, gentlemen, on the, new, on the games being New Year's Eve. Mm. Yeah. I watched part of the early one, but the second one, I'm, I'm getting ready to go out yeah. for New Year's. Like I, and New Year's Day was the New Year's Day games were not good, but I know you have issues with the whole committee selection. Well, process. I mean, yeah, I'm old and 35 and got kids, so I didn't, you know, the New Year's Eve thing, the games being that night, that was fine with me. I wasn't going out, but yeah, you're gonna lose a big audience in the second half of that second game. Yeah, this stupid planning, it really was, especially when everyone knows New Year's is the day for college football. So you make the Final Four on New Year's Day. They screwed that up. But then, yeah, I got issues. What the hell is the point of even having a college committee? I don't even understand it. What is the point? I'm just, it, I don't even know where to begin with the subject. You have to explain your point. Yeah. You are very upset. The Final Four stunk, first of all. I don't pay that close attention to college football all year because I'm knee-deep in the NFL. Now, I'm about to start getting my draft prep going, all that. But, man, I turned on the game. I'd really only watched Oklahoma for a few minutes the whole year. And I had no idea they beat Baylor and TCU without their starting quarterback. So before the game started, I already was like, why are they in this game? The Big 12 stinks, and Oklahoma beat nobody all year, and they lost to my sorry school, Texas. So they had no business being in it. Then you got Michigan State in it. Meanwhile, Michigan State in it, they lost the game and had to have a one-in-a-trillion probability of a guy dropping a punt to win another game where they should have lost. But yet we left Ohio State at home with Urban Meyer – the second greatest coach in the history of college football behind Nick Saban. Oh, and they have the best running back in college football and the best defensive lineman in college football and, like, 12 other NFL starting players. Well, basically, say beat Ohio State. It's one game. That's why we have a committee, don't we? Can't they figure out stupid shit? Like that out? I mean, please. Thank that was you. the thing that you were saying yesterday that I agreed Are with. Are they going to call us and let me make decisions on NASA spaceships? Because I'd like to know. I'd, or let me, you know, you don't Cond like that, like Condoleezza yeah. Rice. Or Condoleezza Rice. No, I got no problem with women being on it, but Condoleezza Rice doesn't know crap about football. I'm sorry. I guess my thing is the point that you made is when when you make the point, but Michigan State beat them. I think the thing that I was excited about when there was a playoff committee was we can look past just wins and losses. Right. Transitive property. Yeah, we can have an educated discussion going, look, I know they're not that great. And Joe Yannarello made this point yesterday. Right. When Cincinnati and Kenyon Martin lost Kenyon Martin, we didn't go, well, look who they beat. Yeah. They were no longer number yeah, one seed. Yeah, they got seed. knocked down. So right. I do agree. I think the thing with Oklahoma, it, and I agree with you completely, the fact that you beat TCU and Baylor and they don't have their starting quarterbacks, right. those wins cannot mean as much. Right. Uh, and, and the Big 12 stuff. And the thing is, when I turned on Ohio State and I saw them winning that game, I went, man, I'm so excited to see Ohio State get a rematch with Alabama. That yeah. game's not going to happen. Exactly right. And, and to me, it's look, we can expand the playoffs, but I think expanding the playoffs takes the pressure off of a committee that was hired to accomplish something. Right. And it, it does. It, the, and then it puts the kids in line to play another game. And Notre Dame, you saw all the players go down this year. Yes. How many kids' draft stock is going to take Very a dive because I they're just, playing more Yeah, games? you're right. I, I just I don't, I don't really get it. Yeah, the, the Ohio State thing is really confusing to me. That's, that's Especially because they're the national championships coming off a of one-loss like one, like like last year, Florida State. Are they the best team? I, right. You got to put them in. They won the championship. They're undefeated sure. this year. Right. One loss. All these other teams have one loss too. The Big but. Twelve stinks. And let, I'll just say this too: I, I, the SEC, they almost to me, they almost deserve two spots in the Final Four. I know I've said that before, but the SEC is so much better than the rest of college football. It is apparent to me, and Ohio State not being in the Final Four is the monumental. I didn't like. I said didn't watch a lot of college football, but. You should never start your points. I don't really care. I watched all of Michigan, Ohio State, and I watched all of Ohio State, Notre Dame, and 
Ohio State's the best team I've seen play this year, and they're not in the discussion. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. All right. As we move on to <laughs> the second track, I can tell how fired up you were. That gets, that. It's just so stupid. Let's, let's hire a bunch of people that don't know anything about football and let them decide football. And sure. your, your passion is firing me up here. Seems to <laughs> go down low Jens, yet again. Jens again? Yet again. <laughs> Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, was not Ugh. in Las Vegas this past weekend. However, Billy Manziel... Reportedly oh, was. Silly Willie. According to ESPN Las Vegas, what? the Cleveland Browns That's quarterback. A thing? Yeah, the ESPN radio affiliate in Las oh, okay, Vegas. Okay, okay. Johnny Manziel was <laughs> in Sin City in disguise. Of course he was in Sin City. What was he wearing, Nelson? Wearing a blonde wig, glasses, and a mustache. Going by the name Billy. He better hope John Gruden gets that head coaching job because that's the only guy that's going to play him. As we all await the fate of Johnny Manziel in the National Football League, my question for you two is, if you were to go out in Las Vegas, what would your incognito name be? Do we keep our last name? Because I would go Larry Lefko. Mother Hen, you make the rules here. I like Larry Lefko. Larry Lefko. But see, that's kind of creepy. Right. So I might go Luscious Lefko. Or, no, Wait, I'm not so that's go less creepy than Larry? Yeah, Luscious, because yeah. I I, yeah, Larry Lefko kind of sounds like a guy that hangs out by your hotel room. It's like, you're going to eat that margarine. It's like, I, would, I would probably change my last name. Well, so, yeah. yeah, so I would probably do The like, funniest thing I heard about right. this whole Manziel story right. is that they were like, okay, how are you going to pay the bill? He's like, I don't have cash, but I don't want to use my credit card. And they right. were like, he's like, can you comp me? The and they're comp. like, no. The funniest thing about this story is Johnny Manziel probably would be the starting quarterback for Cleveland next year because they probably would have beat the Pittsburgh Steelers if he was playing quarterback or he at least would have had a very successful day. It was there for the takings. Man, yeah, here's where I it's am. It's going to be really hard for in any head coach to go in there and in want the Johnny Manziel, Manziel on their team. I was fascinated by him. Right. Was he going to work? Beyond all the off-the-field stuff, yeah. was he going to succeed? Right. Then I reached the point where I realized we were covering him too much. Right. It, it was unnecessary. Now people are frustrated that we're covering him too much, but now I think it's completely warranted because we have never seen someone completely throw away an opportunity like this before. We had a situation here on Sunday. Jake Simperman, producer for the NFL team, longtime Cleveland Browns fan, and Gabe were talking. And Simperman said, doesn't it seem like he's doing this on purpose to get fired? And Gabe responded with, yeah, but why would you do that? Because then no other team's going to want you. <laughs> and I looked at Gabe and said, you're being too sensible right now. Simperman's right. Manziel is not thinking straight at all. He's thinking with no conscience. He doesn't want to be in Cleveland, so make him cut me. I don't have a drinking problem. The Browns have a problem with me drinking. He is not, he does not want to be there at all. But I don't think you saying I want to play for the Dallas Cowboys because I read an article probably that Jerry Jones wanted me during the draft. Jerry Jones has lost almost all decision-making power to his son, Steven. Right. I would say his son, Steven, outrules him. Yes, right. Would you as an NFL team give Johnny Manziel a chance? Because as we've seen in the NFL before, if you've been a first-round pick, boy, are we going to give you shot after shot after shot. Do yeah. you bring him in? I would No, I would not bring him in. Is his NFL career done? No, it's not. I would not bring him in. But I would never have drafted him. He would never have been my quarterback regardless. I want a guy that can stand in the pocket and throw the ball down the field. I don't think you can make a living the way he plays with his physical attributes. He's not as fast as Russell Wilson or as big as Cam Newton. I don't think he can get it done. Um, I think it's going to hurt him with just about every team in football. But I bet I just still think there's one or two coaches out there that their the love affair will be too much to overcome. Like I look at a guy like Jeff Fisher in St. Louis, he probably and I had always heard rumors that they liked Menzel coming out. Uh, the Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, really liked Menzel coming out when he was studying other defensive players. Right. Uh, there's going to be somebody out there, one or two guys that's going to be like, man, we're desperate at quarterback. We're going with the Johnny. The thing that scares me the most about Johnny Manziel is you can't force anyone into rehab, and we're also not going to sit here and say he should be in rehab. Right. Fixing yourself is something that is truly on yourself to do. Yeah. But when he was going from college to the pros, it was, trust me, when it's a job, I'm going to treat it with the professionals and the needs to be happened. Right. Now we're going to hear, it was Cleveland, the next place I go, I'm going to care a lot more, I'm going to want to be there, yeah, and I'm right. going to That's do what it. we're going to hear. My thing is, I only get lied to once by people. Yeah, right. You can lie to me once, and then I'm good, because I don't need you to lie to me again. Now yeah. I'm putting this on myself. Right. 
we need to see that Johnny Manziel now doesn't maybe has a drinking problem, maybe has a football problem, a professional problem. He has a lying problem. Yes. And those things never go Joe away. Joe Thomas. Look up Joe Thomas's quote from yesterday. I, I, I think you're right, though. I mean, I mean, when you when you're a liar, it's like a boy who cried wolf thing. And he's and he's going to come out if he goes somewhere, right? He'll probably say, you know what? It's all about showing. And he said that before. Yes. And these actions are actions. And they speak louder, right, than, than the words. And if he continues to do stuff like this, then, like you said, you're I, gone. I, th- I think the other thing that's tough, too, is, oh, this, I'm going to get really you find deep. find it? Yeah. What, Joe what Thomas? Getting older? Yeah, well, what did he say about I, all I want him to know is, like, yeah, what, what does Joe Thomas say? Uh, the one that I'm seeing, he said, as you get older, the tomorrows become fewer and far between, and you become more reflective on your own football mortality. Uh, who knows who's going to be back in his locker room next year? Is yeah, no, there was about? one a little farther down where he goes, all I want to hear from that guy is that he cares about the Cleveland Browns and wants to be all in. Let's see if I can find And that, that pretty much, I think, tells you about the feeling about him in the, the Browns locker room. I mean, Joe Thomas is certainly one of the leaders of that football team. All you got to do is go to Cleveland and be in that facility and you realize Joe that. Thomas is one of the linchpins. Yes. And I, I think one of the scary things, is too, is we've seen over the past a lot of Heisman Trophy winners not have success. Right. Heisman Trophy is one of those things that puts you on a pedestal that's incredible. And for months, unless you're someone like Marcus Mariota that can truly be consumed with humility, right. uh, or someone like Jameis Winston who is in love with the game of football. Yeah, Cam Newton, same way. Cam Newton, right. he is a professional guy, all that stuff. Right. No one became a star faster than Johnny Manziel. Yeah. And we live in a culture right now where a lot of people blame they. There's a there's a phenomenon right now on Snapchat. Name is DJ Khaled. He has literally changed this media. DJ Khaled? Yes. I like his music. He, If you watch his Snapchat, he literally says nothing, but all he does is say, they don't want me to eat. They don't want me to be successful. They don't want me to be good. And you, you create this enemy that has no face. And people watch this? People watch it. Hmm. Drake makes a lot of songs where it's all about haters. They're hating on us. And these people are putting out these messages. I'm getting a little deep right now, where they're putting a lot of messages where you it's always their fault and that they can be a chameleon. That they could be the people that are criticizing you in the media. It could be the Sims and Lefko podcast. It could be your fans. The scary thing is that they eventually becomes the people that are very close to you, that are telling you you need to stop drinking. Mom and dad, you're now the they. And that's what I get afraid of with someone like this because when you're constantly focusing on people hating you, you're not focusing on you. I am not sitting here going, Johnny Manziel, you gotta <laughs> fix your life. But I'm sitting here on the sidelines going, man, I'm seeing a lot of destructive behavior by someone that has an amazing opportunity. Yeah. And the thing is this, fans can and, and people that view and listen to this podcast can say, man, shut up, we're tired of hearing it. We're tired of saying it. Yeah. And th- I guess the thing is, though, is... Well, we all, it's, we, it's we all want the it's opportunity really to be successful, and he we, has an opportunity, yes. and he's not taking advantage of it. That's the problem. Yeah. Because I don't think any of us look at Johnny Manziel and go, oh, we see a bad person. I think we all like him. We probably all want to go to Vegas. For him. I'd want to go to Vegas with him, too, and have some fun. Yeah. But, uh, no, I want him to be the starting quarterback and do what he was put on earth to do, which is be a quarterback and be exciting, and he's taking away from those when opportunities. your friends are LeBron and Drake and people are going to call you out, you go, look who I'm hanging out with. It's, were you going to say yeah, something? Yeah, well, that should be his first thing. He's not in their stratosphere, so don't hang out with him. Yeah. Damn. LeBron works. That's a thing. And, and the other thing is really quick. Oh, Sorry, I'm, I'm getting heated. That's all right. Uh, people look at – I'm fascinated by people like The Rock. And I'm fascinated by people like LeBron who – or like the – or like uh, – Chris Sims. No, not you. <laughs> uh, but like guys that you see get these incredible opportunities and every day they're putting in the grind. And you go, how are they getting – Chris Sims. How are they? How are they getting all of these successful opportunities, but also every day getting all these things done? Right. And and in the words of a book I've read, everyone wants to go from A to Z, and people don't see B to Y. Right. People don't see all the work that gets done in between. And so when you see Johnny Menzel, he thought he was LeBron. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one's willing to die. Mm. Ooh. Like that one? That was some ah, deep stuff. Ah, nice, ah. You know, that was a good nugget. That was by my Chris senior Sims. quote, actually. I think was it really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked that you remember that. That's incredible. Well, guys, people I, are always like, that's too old. We interrupt the Philosophy 101 with Chris Shoot. Sims to get everybody ready for Week 18 in the National... Wait, wait. Is the regular season over? Is the regular Wrap season over? Wrap it up. Is the regular season over? Wrap season over, the regular season, season is, over. is over, Stephen. That's, that's weird. Uh, typically, after on the download... Just we have shut the, up and get the effing belt. Oh. Holy shit. 
Gosh, Adam Lefko. We do a regular season. I didn't. I mean, so, I know we did it last so year. Hold on, hold on. Let's go to Josh Friedman. Yeah. So Sims what? texted Friedman? me to Josh ask Friedman. if I could look up what happened uh, in the last year's. Picks I on the swore podcast I won last because year. Because he was nervous that he won. So I went back. I listened. <laughs> Lefko, you did win the regular season last year. So that's two years in a row that you've won the regular season. Right. But the best part of this was was that I listened that's to the podcast miserable. right before the Super Bowl last year. Right. Uh, it's for a the playoff pick em, you guys were tied going into the Super Bowl. Yeah. Sims, you went first to pick the Super Bowl. You picked the Seahawks. Lefko was waffling back and forth like he always does. <laughs> and then what you said was, if it's a tie, quote, the tie goes to the football expert. Which it should. Referring to yourself, The tie obviously. should have gone to him. And then Lefko picked the he Patriots. He picked the Patriots, and then they won. And Woo! <laughs> so, Josh, how did the regular season end statistic-wise? Uh, so, it ended up, Lefko, you went 58-31. and 31, And, Sims, you went 56-33. and 33. So, Lefko, you won by two games. And now we get started with the playoffs. So, wait, pick-em. we're just going to go clean Woo! slate to the playoffs? That's what we did last year. So, I think in the do annals you want to go of Sims podcast two, history. Yeah. I almost want – yeah, I mean, I just feel like – I mean, we made the playoffs. We're in the playoffs. Let's just can, you have my, a two-game lead. This is my division title. That can be yours until the Super Bowl comes and I win it back. So you're an over-the-shoulder guy. Huh? Well, I don't know how. What am I going to yeah. stand up and put it on? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we should talk about some games. Okay, sorry. This is amazing. Next year, I would like us to pick all games every week. Not We don't have to talk about them, but we submit our picks, and then we talk about three or four games. You think I'm capable of doing that much No, addition? because you couldn't keep track of the I think we can, but I just want to appreciate the fact that Sims constantly tries to change the rules every time. What's amazing is I've told you to pick other teams, and I've given you good advice every time. Every single time you've told me to pick pick the other Literally, literally, I think you're three and zero. If I didn't, you told me to pick the Eagles this week. Right, right. Thank you. The I Eagles, there was another one a few weeks ago, and then he said yeah, the so Patriots. Yeah, was like the Broncos. Or something. Let's talk about some games. All right. This is great. Kansas City-Houston is where we begin. Cut this out, this whole segment. No, it's all staying in Sims. That's You've asked me to stay. Kansas City-Houston is where we begin. Kansas City-Houston, 435. <laughs> um, I'll go first. You're going to be at chip. my house watching this? I am going to go Kansas city Mainly because I don't trust Andy Reid in the playoffs, yeah. but I really don't trust Brandon Whedon in the playoffs. Uh, I'm hoping Houston and Ali are healthy. See, I mean, it's I'm listening to a guy that thinks Brandon Whedon is playing quarterback for the Houston Texans this weekend. Jeez, this is the problem. This is why it's frustrating. Uh, <laughs> Brian Hoyer's playing. Is he back? Yeah, I'm he was back. Take, he was back last week. I'm taking Kansas City. <laughs> Hold up your trophy again. I don't need to do anything. Uh, I'm taking this. Kansas City as well. <laughs> I'm taking Kansas City. Yeah, I, I am taking Kansas City. I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm I actually excited to I see heard, this. I heard people in the kitchen saying this is going to be a boring game. Uh, uh, what's really funny is there was a game, the Broncos Bengals game a few weeks ago. Someone said on Twitter, "Is this going to be a good game?" I said, "If you like defense and the occasional deep ball, it's a great game. Right? If you want a forty-five to forty-six game." Okay, this is not your game. Yeah. But if you want to see J.J. Watt or Justin Houston on every single play right. and watch watch Marcus Peters and Sean Smith guarding DeAndre Hopkins, right. this is going to be a great game. It is. Learn how to watch football. Yeah. Stop looking for red zone. Right. You're not eight years old. You can focus <laughs> on a play. Like It's unbelievable. Like th- This upcoming week, watch your friends watch the NFL. It's hilarious. They're going to be like, Ugh, got any more dip? Uh, look what's on Twitter. Uh, Watch because there's no watch. fantasy and no red zone. Yeah. They got to watch one just, game. Just watch JJ Watt. <laughs> just enjoy watching JJ Watt. Stop it. But then <laughs> you also have to watch JJ Watt. God, I'm turning into celebratory like an old man. Yeah, get off, Ch- get off left coast lawn. <laughs> You're crap. so your dad. You're so Bruce left Bruce. Oh no, my no, gosh. No, that's not true. Because my dad will watch the game and be like. So what do you think of the Eagles next year? I'm like, Dad, shut up. Oh my gosh. Right. Watch Both- out for Brandon Whedon in that game. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati is the next game on Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. The Phil Sims, Jim Nance, (laughs) Battle Royale. I've already picked these games, so he knows I'm picking. I did not listen to you. Oh, you didn't? Uh, But this is going to be be great. These two teams were fighting. the video And I think that, I said this in the kitchen, I think Pac-Man and Perfect, they're going to keep the juices flowing. Right. Um, This is going to be a fun game. This is a really good game. Who are you going in this game? I'm going with the Bengals. I'm going with A.J. McCarron and the Cincinnati Bengals. I am. I think they're the better football team. Uh, I went back and looked at my notes from the, when they played A.J. You know, a few weeks ago. A.J. played well. A.J. played well. I wrote the game was misleading. I even looked at it and I said, man, Pittsburgh didn't play as good as we think I, they I did. I am not doing this because of you I or the care. pick segment. No, that's all right. I, I remember. I'm not talking about anything anymore. No, I'm done. I, I, just, I think the true thing is with, with A.J. McCarron and the Bengals is 
the Steelers didn't win that game convincingly and right. blew a lot of opportunities. Right. And just watching the Steelers the last two weeks, yeah, not impressive. Their foot, to your notion, is been off the pedal, and they're trying to ramp it up. Yeah, and. I, I think an underrated fact that no one's talked about all year, Mike Tomlin has had one of the worst coaching jobs of his career, and the, the decisions that he's made down the stretch, right. the Le'Veon Bell direct snap that got in, that if it didn't get in, we'd be crucifying him for right. these last few weeks. Uh, I think that if Ben Roethlisberger makes it a shootout, that A.J. McCarron could be in trouble. But I think that Cincinnati, position by position, is one of the best teams in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I am going to go the Bengals. I will pick the next two games first. I don't care. But I was going to take Cincinnati. I was. I think that's going to be a fun game. I think Pittsburgh could be going in. Was that a long explanation? But let's keep going. We got ourselves more time. Brandon Whedon. I'm losing. Yeah, so you Brandon. got time. This is we scheduled it out today. So you yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're, oh, we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, all I ever see is him going. So then let me let me ask you this. It's for let, me, it's for yeah, me. It's for okay, Nelson. You so can don't look me. at him. My okay. question is this: Do you think that Pittsburgh can score a lot of points? Uh... I think it's going to be unlikely. I do. I think, of course, like you said, I think Cincinnati's defense, it's legit. You look at Cincinnati and really go, I know none of us look at them and go, oh, they're a definite Super Bowl contender. But then you really break them down and you go, man, there's just not a lot of weaknesses on their football team. Uh, I mean, not, if you're defending Cincinnati with yes. this crappy Pittsburgh defense yeah. and you can put Tyler Marvin Eifert's Jones and healthy. A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, and then, God forbid, they start a running game uh -huh. with, with Jeremy Hill and Giovanni uh, Bernard. Right. Uh, I also think this. I think McCarron has surpassed my expectations enormously. Yeah. So has Brock Osweiler. Yeah. And we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, <laughs> right. Next game, you guys ready? Yeah. Uh, let's go to the nation's capital, mm. Washington, hosting the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Uh, we are going to have a difference of opinion. Uh, Preseason Super Bowl pick. Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that ain't happening. Uh, I guess you made, the Ravens, so I don't think You made a that. point yeah. in there that scares me because I came into this picking Washington. Yeah. Um, but I know that you made the point that this is a defense that Aaron Rodgers would have success against. Yes, right. I am going to go Washington mainly because I, I, I just think – I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a lot of success, yeah. and I think Aaron Rodgers could too, but I really don't feel good about this pick. But I'm going with Washington because I think Washington is actually going to be the upset in this game. I think a lot of people are going to go with Green Bay. Yeah, sure. And Just I think like they've Washington, been doing the last five yeah. weeks. Everyone thinks, oh, Are you taking Green happen. Bay? I'm taking Washington, but... Uh, now I kind of want to switch to Green Bay. Right, just pick who you, you no, picked No, I'm going to pick Washington. Yeah, I'm picking Washington. Uh, I, I mean... Yeah, they'll, uh, do the Aaron Rodgers selling point. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, yes, I think Washington's the better football team. The thing that scares me, I do think this is a game Aaron Rodgers is capable of winning by himself. I mean, Green Bay can't win unless Aaron Rodgers wins it by himself. But I do think with Washington's defense, they don't play man-to-man. -man. They don't really have those shutdown-type corners. So zone defense is helpful to Green Bay because now just the receiver has to find the hole and, and Rodgers can get put away it on from him a guy. and get away from a guy. Right, it's a difference. And then I don't know if they have the speed and athleticism, the Redskins, up front to contain Aaron Rodgers. That's another so big issue. So why are you still picking Washington? I'm picking Washington because I do think they're the better football team. Even though I don't think they're a man team, they're going to see the backers receivers, and I think they're going to gain some some guts and go, you know what, we can play man against this group. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you, Kirk Cousins has been on fire. Their offense is good. I mean, it's you. You're, you look at them. I, I go other than maybe the Arizona Cardinals. They might have the most weapons in football in the playoffs right now. Am I missing a team? Pierre, I don't think I am. Deshaun, Jordan I mean, Reed, right? Pierre, Steelers, Chris Thompson, right? The Steelers would be in that conversation. Yeah, uh, yeah, and maybe New England when they're healthy. But that's a dangerous group. I'm going with the Skins. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Seattle on the road, Minnesota. Yeah. This is interesting because Seattle has become – Seattle, I feel like, has absorbed all of the Pittsburgh juju that everyone's been talking about. Yeah, right. And they've become the ultimate – I mean, they're on a tear right now. Yeah. They destroy the Arizona Cardinals. Um, this is a very different Minnesota team. Yeah. They get, from the last time they played, Linval Joseph back, yeah. Anthony Barr back, yep. Harrison Smith back. Yep. Uh, last time they were not able to establish Adrian Peterson. Yep. This is the game that we're going to disagree on, though, because I think that Teddy's going to have to make three or four plays, and I don't think he gets it done. I'm going to go in Seattle. I could see them losing losing next week, yeah. but I do agree with you that this is going to be a completely different game. Right. I just think that... 
Teddy had that good game a few weeks ago. Didn't like. I, I still think he's a little up and down. It's right. his first playoff game yeah. against Russell Wilson playing at an absurd level right yeah. now. I'm going to go Seattle, but I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I'm going Seattle too. I think it's going to be very close. Um, yeah, I think this game's going to be uh, – I think we did a video where I, I think it might be the closest game of the weekend. The, the first matchup, what was the final score? Like 38-7, something, something like that? Like that yeah. It was very misleading. It was 7-3 to with like four minutes left in the first half. Uh, Seattle finally goes down, punches in a score, 14-3. Minnesota then is starting to drive, and Teddy Bridgewater throws an interception, yes. and that made a 21-3 before half, and the game was over. And, and really, it was a 38-7 the final? 38-7. 38-7. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be extremely close. I do think Seattle beat. What does Minnesota have to do to win? Uh, I, I think you kind of hit on it. It's, it's going to be about Teddy. Can Teddy make those three or four throws uh, to – get some explosive plays for the Vikings offense against that Seahawks defense. I'm going to say he can't do that. I, I would say Minnesota's defense is one of the most underappreciated units yes. in the NFL because yes. that Minnesota-Green Bay game on Sunday night, I mean, Everson Griffin and all the guys they have getting after the quarterback and the offense is like, we just don't want to mess this up right now. Yeah, right. And well, the first time around, Rawls was playing, right? I believe the first time mm. against Minnesota, Rawls was playing. Now you have... Uh, not a good running game in Seattle. Christine it's not the Michael same. Was, yeah, yeah, I'm not sold that that's going to work or at least put fear in Minnesota. And with Barr back, Linvel Joseph back, and Everson they have enough people, I think, on their front seven to contain Russell. From Rawls had 100 scrambling. yards against Minnesota. He had 100 yards. Way, so, yeah, yeah that's a and big Marshawn difference. And Marshawn Lynch could be back. Could be back. It sounds like he's going to. But what do you I, think about that? Uh, it's it's going to be nice. I just I got to see it to see how effective right, so he can we be. That's both, a tough we injury. both went Kansas City. We, we have the both same went Cincinnati. Yeah, we both went same. Washington. We both went Seattle. Mm. Of those four wild card teams, which of those truly has the opportunity to make a run? Uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Washington, Seattle. Television will tell you Seattle. Is that the answer, or is it Cincinnati? No, I, I would or honestly. Or Kansas City? Yeah, I would honestly look at Cincinnati and Kansas City. I am one that thinks if Kansas City wins on Saturday, they get to go play Denver the next round. They match up really well with Denver. They can beat Denver. We've seen them beat right. them. They should have beat Denver twice. They beat Denver once Unless, in of Denver. course, Pittsburgh beats Cincinnati. Yes, that will change things, right. So that will change the matchup. So but you think Kansas City matches up really well? Really well with Denver. What about them and New England? Uh, no. You don't think anyone matches up well with them? No, I think you know they can play New England close, but I just think it's a matter of time before Brady and Gronk get that offense going, and then can Alex Smith and company keep pace? I don't think so. How, what, how, how, long, how deep are we in right now? you got like two or three minutes. Perfect. Peyton Manning, Brock Osweiler. Oh, that was the shocker of the, the year. Was Brock playing poorly up until that point? I mean, you saw it. I don't think so. I mean, listen, he had an interception that certainly one wasn't his fault. Right. Uh, I think the, the plays I look at, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders fumbles the ball. They're about to blow the, the San Diego Chargers out. I mean, they dominated the first half yeah. and only went in with a 7-6 uh, lead. But I think San Diego had like 60 yards of total offense and Denver was at like 300. Um I think I, I listen. I don't know what went on during the game. Did he miss some checks? Maybe he did things like that. Right. I think what really pissed off Kubiak was when he missed the free safety or the nickel blitz off the edge, and he got hit and fumbled. Mm. I think that really uh, angered him. But I think, was shocked. That do you think Peyton then came what, in. what Kubiak said was, "We are a better football team than this San Diego Chargers team, right. and all we need is a quarterback that can maintain the game right now." Yeah, I guess. But I mean, you but know, is Os- that is that are they better off with Osweiler or Manning in the playoffs? You know my thoughts. I mean, we're, we're ta- Osweiler is the better player at this point in his career. Peyton Manning was number thirty-two out of the thirty-two starting quarterbacks. So it's really where he was. We're talking he. 17 interceptions was second in football. I think he went 5 of 6 for like 61 yards. Right. Now, did, did he get them in some right plays? And I'll give him credit, sure. But How can we watch that sure as fans on TV? Right. I'm listening to your dad talk about, man, there was a really good audible there to the run check. Right. As a fan, how can we see if a quarterback is doing that? Well, I think you could tell just by the mannerisms at the line of scrimmage, right? There's difference when he's just signaling the receivers and doing this and doing that. And pointing. Now he's going to stand up. And he's going to actually be, like, talking to the offensive lineman. He's going to turn around and tell the back exactly what's going on. 
and maybe he's already done the dummy snap count. And you saw like two guys fake like they were going to blitz off the edge, and you go, oh, well, Peyton's either getting into a protection or he's going to get to a run so play that's going to expose it. So if he's leaning over the offensive line yeah. and he's talking to the running back, right. then he's switching a run call. Is that simply flipping, or could that be we're going to run this kind of play now instead? No, it, it, it could be it could be both. It could be it could be either one, and, and he could certainly do those things and be changing. That's the something protection. interesting because I've always thought that was nonsense. Wow, Peyton Manning, what a great job there on the run. Yeah. But if I can look for that. Yes, no, he is doing a lot in the run. And Osweiler was doing that as well. That's the thing that, you know, everyone's saying, oh, well, they run the ball better with Peyton Manning. No, statistically, they run the ball better with Brock Osweiler as their mm. starting quarterback. That's The stats are, the, are factual there. But, uh, yeah, well, Peyton has more experience. So in those type of situations, certainly it could be better. But is he going to be better getting out of the way of Justin Houston and Tom Bali? No, I'd rather have Brock Osweiler. I mean, the last time we saw Peyton Manning on the field in the starting game, he threw four interceptions in the first half. He had another four dropped. I mean, in against their Kansas City, right against Kansas City. Yeah, if you're going to trot out so, Peyton Manning against Kansas scary. City, scary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we have all made the same picks for Wild Card Weekend. Right, so I'm not getting any ground there. Steven Nelson is the sexiest, most coolest thirty under thirty ever. <laughs> Stop One it. more round of applause for Steven, please. Pedro yeah. Clapper, humbling honor. Thank you. I'm. I'm still just, uh, it's still just an honor to be let's get sitting sh- next to you guys. Let's get the shoots, brother, an official one. Um, Peace out, homies. Yeah. Fendrick, any last thing? Steven, congratulations again. You, you next to Cam Newton was, was a pretty awesome. It, was. it should have been Josh Fendrick's picture. So now we Josh all know Fendrick this. and Steven Nelson have both had run-ins with Cam Newton. <laughs> Good what was next? Remember when he bashed in us, Cam Newton? Oh right, yeah, like, yeah, yep, I do. Uh, let's that. see those. Let's see those Milan fingers. Oh. Mm. they're slightly more cultured than they were. Oh, they smell like a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Control room, you guys are always the best. Much appreciated. Whoa, hey, hey, Cam, there's this thing called the sun. He's Go like, see it. He saw it in Florida. He's glowing right yeah. now. Cam, one more time, the Kansas City mug thrown up there. The support is Whee! there. Oh, baby. The one thing I'll ask for Cam is not a repeat of last time's wild card game for the Kansas City When Kansas they were a lot, blew a 45-point no. lead. Yeah, it, it can't be worse than that. Yeah. It can't be worse than that, no. so that's good. Um, we love you. I, I'm, I, I'm not sorry that we got really philosophical about Johnny Manziel. I think it was an interesting discussion. It was. But next week is 47. We're going to break down what happened in the wild card. We'll give you some nuggets for the divisional games. As always, please subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, at Sims and Lefko. Uh, hit up Josh Fendrick on the Twitter. He's the one that mans that and asks us some questions. We'll be back next week. We Get roll on. Crap. The champ is here. Ha-ha. Watch out for Brandon Whedon for the Texans this weekend. (laughs) Damn it. I'm an idiot.